Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible. I'm Evan. And I'm Aaron. And this is a podcast where we read through the Bible together every year and talk about what we learned along the way. If you'd like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and look up the Grove Church in Marysville, Washington. You can find our plan there. We also have the plan available on our available. Oh, my goodness. Stumbling over my words. The plan is available at our our website, website, grove.church. And if you're jumping in today, we are on day 148 of our plan. Ooh, fancy. And if you have questions along the way, we would love to take time as much as we can week over week answering those questions. There are three ways to send them in to us. One is an email. The email address is infogrove.church. Make sure to put in the subject line a podcast question. The other two ways are on social media. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Our handle for Facebook is the Grove CH, as well as our handle for Instagram is the same, Grove CH. So DM us there so we can get those questions. All right. Well, dear listeners... I don't know. I just, I just it's a week full of wisdom. Like, so let's just be honest. It's true. And we're going to be going through. I was actually going to share, Aaron, you know what I saw today? That got me really excited. The, uh, I think. Song the, of Solomon? No, I think the final draft of the Job book, of the uh, of the cover. So that looked. Are you getting published? Not No, not getting published, but I will, I will be publishing. So. You're self-publishing? Yeah, yeah, self-publishing. Okay. So, I didn't be, know you went that route. You didn't, you didn't tell it? me these things. Oh, no, no, I no, thought yeah. we were friends. No, I went I went through it. I gave it, I gave it the old college try. And then I realized like, you know. Amazon's got a pretty good deal for self-publishing, so I, I went that way. But uh, it should be it should be here in the next. Uh, I next, just don't even know you anymore. I know it should be here in the next few months. Maybe I wanted to tell you live on the podcast. Right? No, you're a liar. So, but the cover looks cool. You like you just it. don't even. It's care. all. It's you all, don't even care about. It's me. all cracked. And, oh, I see how it is. Eli knows before. Great, awesome. Yes, I mean, would you have rather done the cover, Aaron? All right, listener, so this week, listener, this is me giving him the silent treatment, so <laughs> I will not be talking to Evan anymore, but I'll talk to you because I like you, listeners. There you go. All right, well, this week we are talking about Proverbs. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's The whole week is Proverbs, and it, it kind of feels like we're just sitting at the feet of Solomon listening to his wisdom, which I'm not complaining about. It, it's, it's a good vibe. So, listener, as you're, as you're listening, just kind of imagine being in the palace, sitting next to the throne, and Solomon's just kind of being all chill. Well, listener, remember this, that uh, this is the, and we also get to the end of Solomon's Proverbs. So chapter True. 24, we finished this week. Um, and so I just wanted you to know, I don't care what Evan says or what he thinks, but I just wanted you to know. Well, the, chapter 25 could be the Proverbs of Solomon, I think, right? It's not, they're just collected by the L- men Listener, of can you please tell Evan no? Just be like, oh, you <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, no, those are Hezekiah's song, Proverbs. Oh, they are of Hezekiah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I, yeah. I must have read that wrong then. Anyway. You probably did. Uh, and it's then, that yeah. ESV Bible you use. <laughs> and then next week, we're leading <laughs> off with everyone's favorite book of the Bible, the Song of Solomon. So, ooh. Ooh, that'll be a... We know what Evan gets to talk about next week. That'll be a PG-13 rated episode. But this week, we are talking about Proverbs. Uh, and so, chapter five is where we're going. And then, like Aaron said, we're going all the way through the Proverbs of Solomon. Uh, and... Chapter five begins, it's kind of a longer section that takes up multiple chapters, but it's about the the perils of adultery. And so this is a big thing that Solomon is getting after here. Um, a couple examples, for the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end, she is as bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. So kind of basically saying, hey, this might seem like a good idea now, but it's not. Danger. <laughs> so, Danger. Yeah. Danger, Will Robinson. Uh, another passage is, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress for a man? For ma- a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all paths. So I also like that it doesn't just give the... Um, 
don't do this. It also says like, hey, delight in your wife, <laughs> like the wife of your youth. Like, why are you trying to go find this in other places? And so I, I love that he's giving the uh, both the negative and the positive side of avoiding adultery there. Uh, it's a fairly, this is fairly radical advice in ancient culture. Uh, promiscuity is oftentimes overlooked in men, uh, particularly in ancient cultures. Like you just kind of, you, you'll read stories and it's just like, and then they went to the brothels and it's like, there's no hint that this was a wrong thing that happened. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's what the guys did. Um, so for Solomon to harp on it as much as he does actually shows that Yahweh's law and his covenant is different. The way that the men of Israel are supposed to be living is different. Um, and obviously like it's, it's interesting because Adultery is wrong on for, for both sexes, but Solomon is very much focusing on men. Do not do this. And I think it, I think it's appropriate for him to focus on men because again, it would have been much more socially acceptable for for men to uh, engage in adultery. Uh, I, I put down in my in, in my Bible as I was reading. It's a bit rich coming from Solomon, like all this talk of. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess to his credit. I don't think he ever technically commits adultery. His his way around it is just like marrying, marrying. every woman in Israel. Um, but I guess you know technically it's not it's not cheating. So there you go. There's there's that. Um, what about the concubines then? The concubines. Well, yeah, at some point I don't. They're not his wife. Well, we'll never we'll never actually do this. But I feel like at some point we just need to do a deep dive into like concubines and like because they. They are wives. They're like a subwife, though. It's in this. It's so weird, and it's it's weird because it's not um it's not our culture, right? So in in modern Western culture, we don't have polygamy really very much at all, but we can still understand the concept, I guess, of having multiple wives. But the separation between a wife and a concubine is really weird, um, because we see all of the patriarchs are go- all the patriarchs have concubines. They are given the um, the status of wife, like the legal standing of wife, but they're not given the same honor as wife. But it's also kind of not, we, we don't ever see God, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't think we ever see God command any of the patriarchs to marry their concubines. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like that's a, it seems like it's at least acceptable. Well, and I guess culturally, I was just look, trying to look it up too, because um, I was curious, what, what's the actual definition of a concubine in the Old Testament? Um in the Old Testament, in ancient times, the way that one would review or view marriage would be through sex. That's how that's how they consummate a relationship. Whatever commitment is through right. sex. So if they and obviously there's other nuances there, but I mean the the brass tacks of it is that like if David sleeping with Abigail, there was an intended to you are now going to be my wife and committed to me only. So um, the, a concubine would be a lesser like a second rate wife is what right. it would come down to. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I ever knew that, so that's why I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, but let's just be honest. Like, he may talk about not having adultery, and he may be, quote-unquote, loophole technicality not having adultery. He freaking committed adultery. Like, at the end of the day, the heart of the matter is this. Like, <laughs> he's sleeping with multiple women. Yeah, at, um, at the very least, so he's no... Uh, it's a loophole. All Like, that's what... A, modern-day understanding, the way we can understand today, is it's a, it's a technical loophole, and Solomon was an idiot, and so was... Every other Old Testament, yeah. Whether or not whether or not Solomon actually committed the sin of adultery, he at the very least a heart uh, doesn't, of he doesn't have he doesn't have the, a leg to stand on when it comes to just he's he's not a paragon of sexual purity. I guess is the way that we would describe Solomon. Here you go. But yeah, I wouldn't use those words because I don't know what paragon means. But yes. I think it, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Example of, um, I'm just kidding. But it's it's also uh, yeah. It, it, listener, if it helps you out, the difference between wife and concubine. Think of like you, listener listening right now, you are our beloved listener, but every other listener is just a listener. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the difference. It's just like, just, I don't know, just kidding. I like the way we called out our individual listeners last week, but I don't know. You tried to carry that into this week? I did. 
didn't work. It was a good attempt, but I don't no, think it, it wasn't. Don't patronize me. Just ignore it. All right. So at the end of the day, a, a, a concubine is a second. It's like it's a second-rate wife. It's a it's a JV. Even is I mean that's probably a better analogy. Is you've got the full-time wives, whatever, and it's like someone who is a JV level or JV squad member. So you can all say you're part of the football team for a high school, but. Varsity, we all know Varsity is the actual football team. There you go. I wasn't expecting to spend that much time on the difference between wives and concubines. Listen, uh, we got a plenty. We got plenty of time to talk about stuff today because it's going to be pretty quick. That's we're fair. hitting proverbs, anyways. All right. So chapter six gives us a brief detour uh, before we, we will return to the focus on adultery, but it gives us a little side of just some practical warnings. Uh, so number one, uh, don't let yourself be responsible for the debt of another person. Um, and I, I put to be clear. We see later in Proverbs that this is not saying don't be generous with your wealth. It is saying don't enter into legal contracts that are binding you to that. So because some, sometimes people use that as an excuse to be like, listen, I don't give away any of my money. Like, no, that's not, that's clearly not the biblical standard there. Uh, don't be lazy. You'll see a sluggard is, a sluggard is a great word that needs to come back for a lazy person. <laughs> like that is, it's such an, it's, it's such an apt word for what you're describing there. Uh, so he gives examples there. Uh, don't trust a winking smooth talker to kind of paraphrase. And I put Solomon really does not care for winkers. Like people who wink, he is just like, it, there's like four or five in my readings where he's just like, uh, and yeah, also don't trust someone who winks with their eyes. Like, well, in my Bible, I wrote in parentheses, Evan. There you go. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm always, every time Aaron's talking, he looks over, I'm just giving him a wink. Uh, and then it ends with this passage, which, which I thought was great. Uh, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet to make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. So yeah, there you go. Good deal there. news bears. All right. So the back half of chapter six takes us back into discussions of adultery. Uh, We see here a familiar refrain that God's commandments are a lamp and a light to us. Uh, We'll revisit that when we hit up some of the Psalms later on in the year. Uh, I also thought that was interesting that chapter six ends with a non-spiritual consequence. So, you know, a lot of the times it's talking about adultery and how it's just, it's wrong and it corrupts your heart and all these different things. Um, the last piece of advice is if you, if you cheat with a married woman, her husband's going to come after you, <laughs> which I just thought was, it just kind of feels a little bit off, but, but true, very accurate. Yeah. Like if you need more, if you need more reasons to not commit adultery, there's a very practical one for you. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Uh, chapter seven focuses on a hypothetical woman who is looking to seduce a man into adultery. So it's kind of like, it tells the story of the adulteress. Uh, and we see, that I, I thought this was interesting. We get a window into what the hypocritical sacrifices that the prophets rail against look like. And we see this, again, when we get to the prophets, it'll be time after time after time. But we've seen it even in our readings this year where um, God is angry with people who obey the sacrificial system in action, but not in heart, if that makes sense. Like they walk through the motions of doing the sacrifices, but their hearts are not um, pure. Pure is the wrong word. Their hearts are not meaning the things, I guess, that they're acting out. So to, to give you an example, in Proverbs 17, 13, it says she, and this, again, this is talking about the hypothetical woman looking to seduce a man into adultery. Uh, she seizes him and kisses him. And with bold face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you and to, and to seek you eagerly. And I have found you. So again, the idea there is she's not sacrificing 
to repent of her sin, she's sacrificing in advance so that she can go sin, which is obviously not what God has in mind when he institutes the sacrificial system. So I just thought that was an interesting window into exactly what we're talking about there. And I'm sure like if Solomon's putting it into here, I'm sure that's not like, that's not something he came up with. I'm sure that's a problem that's happening in Israel where people are just kind of like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to go commit this sin later. So I'll just, I'll just do a sacrifice really quick before that all happens. Uh, Chapter eight begins a section talking about the virtue of having wisdom on its own. Uh, In this passage, wisdom is personified as a virtuous woman, uh, and she kind of stands in contrast with the imagined adulteress of the previous chapter, um, but really stands in contrast to another character that we'll meet in the end of chapter nine. Uh, Most of the chapter is wisdom describing who she is and why she is so important to walk alongside you as the reader. So she's kind of, I I keep saying she, but again, it's uh, wisdom personified here. And so she's talking talking about how she's with kings and like everyone who follows with her and walks with her is successful. I also thought that this was really interesting and it kind of paralleled John 1. So if you remember, John 1 is the gospel that begins with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word word in in that passage is the Greek word logos, which is Mm -hmm. kind of means um, to, it's a little, it's a little bit hard to translate, but basically the eternal logic or you could say wisdom of the universe, right? It's saying that that was with God and then it becomes flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, so with that in mind, this passage from Proverbs 8, it says, the Lord, and again, when it says me or I, it's wisdom talking. Uh, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaved, before the hills, I was brought forth before he made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the word of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the sky, the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. And I was daily his delight rejoicing before him, always rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. So again, wisdom, just the idea here that wisdom is with God also yeah. from the very from the very beginning. So I thought that was a really cool passage. Uh, chapter nine continues extolling the virtues of the virtuous uh, or the virtues of wisdom, the woman wisdom. Uh, we then get a quick aside discussing the differences between a wise person and a fool. Uh, we're told that if you reprove a scoffer, he will hate you. But if you reprove a wise man... <coughs> He will love you for it. And it's kind of interesting because he's like basically paraphrasing again, but Solomon's like, yeah, don't waste your time offering correction to an idiot because, or a fool, because they're just going to hate you when you do it. But a wise person, if you bring correction, they'll know what, they'll take it for what it is, loving correction and be like, oh, you know, thanks for bringing that to my attention. So kind of a, it's a a important words to live by, I Mm -hmm. guess, important important wisdom to live it's by. It's not one we like necessarily, but it's one that's definitely worth. Yeah. I'm a big compliment sandwich guy, but <laughs> I still like the the meat of the correction that comes in the middle of it. So there you go. Uh, and this leads directly to our second personified woman that we get to meet. And her name is Folly. So to contrast- Not to be confused with Holly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're, out there, if you're out there listening, Holly or Dolly, you're great. 
But Folly, boy, she's a real piece of work. Let if me tell you. If your name is Folly, I'm sorry. That's true. I mean, I, I'd like, I mean, right in if your name is Folly, that's a unique name. Uh, and I love, I love the first line of the, the description. It says, the woman Folly is loud, which immediately just kind of made me think of like, yep, like I know the kind of person that Listen, this is Listen, stop describing. putting names in your head right now. Uh, I know some people are doing that. Just knock it off. Dude, my first name was myself. <laughs> like, I think of like when I'm being an idiot, like, yeah, I can be pretty loud when I'm doing that. Uh, but it says, the woman oh, folly God. is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the top of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depth of Sheol, which is kind of, it's kind of a scary picture that's being painted. It's basically, it's, it's a woman sitting on like, Hey, come on in. Like, and like the people don't realize it's like when you walk into her home, it's just the depths of the grave. Like they're all dead. Like it's, uh, it's, there's a horror movie in there somewhere. Uh, so chapter 10 kicks off and this is where we're going to be the rest of the day. Uh, the rest of the episode. It's the, what probably Not true. Not true. Oh, that's true. I guess you have a little bit at the end. The 30 sayings, bro. That, that's true. Uh, but what the majority pro- of it, yes. What Proverbs is most famous for is the bite-sized nuggets of wisdom from Solomon. Uh, and so a couple things. Me and Aaron were joking last week about how like one of my number one rules of Bible interpretation is never, ever, <laughs> yeah. under any circumstances, just pluck a verse and not pay attention to what's around it. Like, no, you need to read like at least the paragraph before and the paragraph after, preferably the whole chapter and the chapter before and the chapter after to really understand, okay, what is being communicated here? What's the context? Uh, The one exception is this passage of Proverbs or the section of Proverbs where you really can, for the most part, just kind of pull out a verse and it stand, they all stand on their own. Some of them are kind of connected, like they build on each other, but a lot of them are just kind of... Yeah, but most of them are almost like you get something you can get out of a fortune cookie, so... True, yeah. Except this fortune cookie is wisdom inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes, so... Not some way better. Um, <laughs> so not one that you get at a cheap restaurant or a great restaurant like our local Chinese restaurant, Noble Palace. So hashtag you, not a sponsor, not a sponsor. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. We'll reach out. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I, what we're going to do is I just look at some interesting ones that stood out to us in every chapter. So again, it's very easy to read because it's just nugget of wisdom after nugget of wisdom after nugget of wisdom. So essentially what me and Aaron both did is while we were reading the ones that we highlighted as standing out to us. That's what yeah. So you get like a glimpse into, into our own devotional life as we're reading through Proverbs. That's Here's the true. ones that stood out to us. So it's the way that I viewed it. Uh, and I didn't know that this is why or how you did it, but as I was looking through it uh, and putting the notes together, I was like, these are just the ones that stood out to me. These are the ones that I highlighted for a reason. Um, and even reviewing, I highlighted a few new ones, but um, that's what it is. So you get almost like an insight into our own devotional lives when True. it comes to this plan. So you're welcome for that. Read into these what you will listen. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Proverbs, well, starting in chapter 10. So uh, verse one is the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise man makes a glad father, but a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. Uh, that one I just kind of think of... Uh, a certain son of Solomon is going to come after. And uh, every every time Solomon writes, especially once we get into Ecclesiastes, which spoilers for Ecclesiastes, a good chunk of it is about how um, it doesn't matter what you do in your life. If you have an idiot kid, he's going to ruin it all. <laughs> I just feel like Solomon is writing this. And as he's like scribbling down, he's looking over at Rehoboam and he's just like, oh my gosh, I can't you believe idiot. he gets to the kingdom. Uh, who knows if that's actually what's going on here. It but. probably isn't, but it's like fun to, to speculate. I like to think. Uh, verse eight, 
is the wise of heart will receive commandments, but the babbling fool will come to ruin. It's kind of a similar idea of, again, the wise person will receive reproach as for what it is, loving correction, but a fool, they're not going to pay attention. Uh, verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. It's a good verse for marriages. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I was talking with, I, I was just wrapping up premarital with a couple, but basically talking about how like so much of marriage fights are just like, it's just little things that if you took a step away, you'd be like, oh, this doesn't actually really matter, but you just kind of let them build up and build up. Like, yeah, love, let love, let love cover offenses. Uh, this one, I, I just thought, I just love the word picture, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. So is the sluggard to those who send him. <laughs> so basically like if you're sending out someone lazy to accomplish a task, you, it's the same feeling. It's, it's the same feeling as being next to the campfire and just getting smoke in your eyes and you can't, you can't, no matter where you sit, that's the, that's what it's like. So if you're, if you're, if you are a sluggard, that's what you're doing to your boss right now. You're being smoke in his eyes. <laughs> Come on. Uh, going to chapter 11, verse two, when pride comes, then comes disgrace grace, but with the humble is wisdom. Just great. If you could, I mean, you could really put that on your pillow. That's one of the major themes of the Bible is, uh, Hey, you have no right to be prideful. So stop it. Uh, verse 24 is one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and suffers and only suffers want. Um, and again, I I think it's, it's important to point out that like Solomon is saying here, like, Give freely, like give, give, the, give your wealth, use your wealth to help other people. That is a good and proper thing to do. Uh, Proverbs 12, whoever loves knowledge, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but whoever hates, re- but he who hates reproof is stupid. Love the word stupid. <laughs> it's just a great deal. It's in the Bible. But again, getting at that theme that we've talked about a few times today. Uh, Proverbs 12, 12, whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. Um, and that brings me back to, oh my gosh, I forgot what passage it is now, but what's the, it's a, uh, oh I man. can't read your mind. It's a prayer. Evan's looking at me like I know what he's talking about. I have no, no idea. it's a Psalm. That's what it was. It was a Psalm talking about, and it was by one of the sons of Korah. And it was talking about being jealous of the, what the wicked get by sin uh, and, the, and the wealth of that. So this is what made me think of it. Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. So don't look at the ill-gotten gains of people you know have gotten it through wrong means. Don't be jealous of that. Uh, chapter 13, verse 4. Again, one of my favorite words. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Um, yeah, I just think like, there's been times in my life where it's like, oh, I want this so bad. And then I just do nothing to go and get it. It's just like, yeah, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. I use this with sports all the time. Every time the Mariners get eliminated, just, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but one day the desire fulfilled will be a tree of life. When you're old and gray. Yeah, one day. One day. Hopefully. And the way I look tonight. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Um, 
Verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. This was a favorite proverb of my father growing <laughs> up. So listen, if you Well, want, I mean, I spank my kid daily just for this reason. If you want me I'm to not kidding, discipline- that's a joke. If you want me to not discipline you, then I guess you don't want me to love you. So, and you, I, I guess I would just, you want me to hate you as a son. So there you go. Uh, this is, this might be my favorite proverb. It's definitely up there really high. Uh, where no oxen are, the manger is clean. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox, uh, which to, if I'm going to paraphrase it in my own words, um, ox are great. They do a lot of stuff, but you also have to shovel a bunch of ox poop. And so it's, and the idea there is it's another one that actually works really well for marriage where it's like, yeah, there's hard work and there's things you have to go through. Um, but the hard work of dealing with the the dirty ox is that you are going to be able to have way more, you'll be able to have much more abundant crops than you would if you didn't have the ox with you. Uh, Proverbs 14, 9, and to, uh, sorry, to be clear, I'm not comparing my wife to an ox there. That's just kind of, you know. Please don't. No, I'm not. So it's just that, you know, sometimes- Ashley, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, to put it another way, as Dr. Kelso in, uh, in Scrub says, nothing worth having is easy to get. That's kind of the idea. You got to put in the work. Uh, Proverbs 14, 9, fools mock at the at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. Or in other words, again, we talked about the hypocritical sacrifices. He's saying when fools are doing the guilt offering, remember the guilt offering is the one specifically for I have sinned and I'm doing these offerings to repent before the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. He's saying fools in their hearts are doing it, but they're just like, yeah, whatever, who needs this? Uh, But the upright will enjoy acceptance. Uh, This is one of the most famous ones. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And, uh, yep, <laughs> that is, uh, truth. And that'll be quoted later by a certain, uh, another wise man in the new Testament, uh, Paul, I mean, it's Paul quotes. It. It's a good time. Uh, another one, even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be in grief. Just a reminder that, you know, check on your friends, even when they seem really happy, sometimes that can be masking something. Uh, Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, another, True. yeah, this is great advice. If someone's coming at you, coming at you hot, if you respond with the same heat, it's just going to keep going. If you respond softly, you're probably going to deescalate it. Uh, Proverbs 15, eight, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. Or in other words, Hey, even if you're good, like it's kind of contrasting, what's the absolute max that you can do offering the sacrifice. If your heart's not in it, it's not just that God doesn't care. It's that God hates that. It's mm-hmm. an abomination before the Lord. Um, but the prayer, which is again, like kind of the minimum you can do of the upright, that's acceptable to him. Uh, Proverbs 15, 11, Sheol and Abaddon, and Abaddon uh, lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of the children of man, or in other words, God can see into the depths. God can see into the grave. Why do you think you can hide anything from God? Uh, 16 and 17. So the first one is better is a little... Uh, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure and trouble with it. And then to, this, one, this one kind of pairs well with it. Uh, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Or in other words, it's better to have your heart right, your relationship with God right, and not have much than it is to have your relationship with God wrong or the relationships in your life wrong and have a lot. Uh, in chapter 16, and this is my last chapter I'm doing. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Um, Which I will say to Solomon's credit, he lived this out. God told him, hey, 
what you want, ask for anything. And Solomon chose wisdom over the implication being he could have the whatever riches that he wanted. Uh, it also reminds me of Job 28, which remembers that little um, that little interlude in the middle of Job. And what's the big theme there? It's where can we find wisdom? It's better. It's, it's, more, it's, it's to be more desired than all of the gems of the earth. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18. Again, this is kind of a repeat, but pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Verse 25, there is a way that seems right to him. Oh my, I, I repeated two of them, Aaron. Well, that just means they both stood out to me. Unbelievable. There's, there's a way that seems right to, and Solomon, in fairness, repeated them as well. So he's trying to drive something home here. No, it's just a typo. Uh, and then finally, Proverbs 31, uh, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. And so Aaron just says, your crown is coming in. It's I just so want, I just want you to feel I got like gray hairs for it's days. A crown, it's a crown of glory and it's gained after a righteous life. So way, yeah. way to go. Way my to, beard. My beard is full of glory. Way to live well. Uh, well, before we get to the Proverbs that stood out to Aaron, uh, we do want to take a moment to remind you to leave us a five-star review if you haven't yet, uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where it helps us out uh, the most. It kind of just gets the algorithm to put it push it out there a little bit more. And on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a written review. And if you do, we'll read it on the air just because, you know, this is the kind of nice guys that we are. And Aaron, I was looking at it. We didn't get a written review this week. We got another I, review though. Yeah. I did notice on Spotify, we're getting close to 200. We're, we're pushing the 200 mark. We, and we we barely cleared 100. I can't remember. It was at some point last year. Close but now, to the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, we're pushing past it. So way to, way to go Spotify peeps. Way to, way to keep reviewing. You guys are awesome. Yep. Yeah, and, and even even Apple Podcasts, you, the listenership has grown too, and we're getting. Yeah, you guys are awesome too. So, too. I don't want to leave uh, you. It out. just shows that the bulk of our listenership is on Spotify versus Apple. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, Proverbs seventeen to twenty four. Like I said earlier, we finish out Solomon's Proverbs. After this, we jump into Song of Solomon. We jump back into the end of Solomon's life. We jump into Ecclesiastes next week, uh, and so that's kind of and then and then after Ecclesiastes. Then it's rapid fire. Then we get all sorts of kings and all sorts of chronicles and all sorts of different things and prophets all mixed it's in. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a big old melting pot. Of stuff. And we're going to rank so many kings. But we're not there yet. So uh, yeah, like Evan said, it's just, here's here's some highlights. Here's some highlights from, uh, that's a, I just repeated myself just like Solomon and Evan did. Um, but chapter 17 is where I start picking up, cha- I, and I picked up verse one as well. You started in the f- first verse of your your first proverb. So, uh, but I just thought this was a, a Kind of a, a funny, truthful statement, but it says this, better a dry crust with peace than a house full of feasting with strife. Yep. So true. Um, Proverbs 18, uh, I highlighted verses one and two, uh, but one of the first one says, one who isolates himself pers- pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. Um, and that that is absolutely 100% true. Um, just realizing that the isolation is something that we pursue. And oftentimes when we isolate, it's because we're pursuing selfish things. Um, well, it's like Melkor in the Silmarillion when he isolates himself from the rest of the Ainu. You lost me when you opened sure. your mouth. So. Or the Ainur. Um, verse two of chapter 18 says, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. Uh, and I highlight- highlighted this one mainly because there's moments where I want to just show off my opinions and just be loud like a fool. Um and it, there's there's no understanding in that. It's just, I don't care what you're saying. Let me tell you my opinion. Uh, and I can totally 100% relate to that. So like how often, like, again, like it, it speaks to me as well. Like how often am I wanting to appear smart and how often am I actually like sharing an opinion? Like, oh no, I've thought about this. Yeah. And it goes, it goes kind of thought for thought uh, in verse 13 of Proverbs, which again was another one I highlighted. Proverbs 18, let's just be honest, was one that ripped me to shreds. Um, as I'm looking at my highlights, I was like, oh man, Proverbs 18 is a doozy. Um, 
And so I'm not giving you all my highlights because I don't want to be too vulnerable. Uh, not really. I'm just kidding. But uh, Proverbs 18, 13 says, the one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and disgrace for him. And when I read it, I was like, dang it. Because <laughs> how many times do I check out of a conversation just to respond versus slowing down and listening before I reply? So that'll be a fun one for me to pick up on and start trying to implement more directly in my life. You and me both. Uh, Proverbs 20 and 20, 18, 20 and 21, uh, chapter 18, verses 20 and 21, I highlighted as well. Uh, it says this in verse 20, it says, from the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips which that in and of itself is kind of a scary thought, depending on how many times I put my foot in my mouth. So that's fun. Uh, and then 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it, eat it well, it's fruit. Um, and that's true. So they go hand in hand. Uh, but those two verses, man, it's, I mean, talk, James talks about the tongue. Yeah. If you can control the tongue, you can control the whole body. Uh, and even James, I think we were covered this years ago, but James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament kind of thing. So yeah, 21 definitely feels like it could, you could just throw it in James and yep. it fit right in. Yep. So uh, that was a, those are, those are zingers for me. Uh, chapter 19, uh, verse 24 was one I highlighted. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. Uh, I think this is where Evan's translation would maybe say sluggard. Um, it's a great word. But <clears throat> it's so true. And I just like the hand picture. Like you put your hand in the bowl to grab something out and you, you're so lazy. You're such a slacker. You don't even bring your hand back to your face. You just let it sit there in the bowl. Just, ah, um, ah I, I, I did enough. It's not worth it. It's that it reminds me of the the different moments of the, the line for a while. I was like, oh, I forgot my phone or I forgot this. I look back about 100 feet or 10 feet. I've gone too far and they just keep moving on. It's like I've never gotten to the point where I've like had my hand in a bowl, but I've definitely gotten to the point where it's like, I'm kind of hungry. I'd have to get up though. <laughs> yes. It's not a good look. Yes. It's not good. Or it's like, oh, I should turn around. I'm in my neighborhood. I, I, we left this. No, I'm too far. It's too late now. <laughs> uh, so that I just like the picture there. That was a funny one. And I kind of chuckled and then felt bad myself. So uh, chapter 20, verse 5 was one I highlighted. Counsel in a person's heart is a deep water, uh, but a person of understanding draws it out. And I just love the the the, the depth here for a second, the challenge. Like uh, there's there's I think there's another one that I highlight about the the words. Uh, maybe that's coming in the next week, but um, just about how a person's words are a deep well. Um and so the idea of a counsel in a person's heart uh, is there's there's deep conversations and deep things in the heart of a person, and someone who understands is able to then draw it out and engage and help uh, because it's refreshing, it's helpful. Um, so uh, I like that word picture a bit as well. Uh, that's really what it, Proverbs does for me is it creates a lot of word pictures. Uh, uh, chapter 21, I highlighted verses 2 and 3. Uh, verse Ooh. 2 says, all of a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. That's a pretty familiar one. Uh, another like version of it, like many are plans that a man makes, but God's will prevails. It's in that same vein of those like repetitive Psalms. Um, verse three of chapter 21 says, doing what is righteous and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And this is one that's always worth remembering Yep. Um, because oftentimes it's easy to fall victim. And I'll, I'll even raise my own hand and say, I'm probably the worst offender. Um, that it's, there's things that I know I need to do that are righteous, that are honoring and that they're just, um, but it requires sacrifice and I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> uh, and so it's just a very simple, uh, this is like a backhanded slap to me sometimes was that like, do, do be obedient and are righteous more than sacrificial official. Uh, chapter 21 verses 13, uh, says the one who shuts his ears to the, to the cry of the poor will himself also call out and not be answered. Um, and this is a challenging, thoughtful one to, or thought-provoking one as well, uh, because it's it reminds me like how many times we have uh, transient members in our community that sit on the highway, 
And my first response is like, just don't make eye contact. Just don't make eye contact. Just don't make eye contact. Uh, and not because I don't care, but because they're panhandling. And I don't, uh, I have my own convictions about supporting panhandling. I will be obedient when I feel like the Lord tells me to. But oftentimes we either have like little care kits in our car that our kids have made, uh, or um, we have like water bottles. We try and give something sometimes. And my kids are the best at this. Dad, dad, there's a homeless person. Let's give him something. I'm like, shimmer, shimmer, shimmer. <laughs> um, but it is the one who shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will himself also call also call and not be answered. Uh, so it's it's this idea of you reap what you sow. And so I think it's really important when it comes, because the one thing I'll tell you that has been a game changer for me is recognizing these are God's people. Um, they're creating God's image as well. And so being able to acknowledge and at the very least look at, make eye contact and say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything or whatever it looks like. But the validation of affirmation is really important here. Um, and then obedience, whenever God calls you to do something, do it. Uh, verse chapter 21, verses 29 and 30, I highlighted, it says a wicked person puts on a bold face, but the upright considers his way. The bold face here is not like I'm trying to buck up and be strong, but the bold face here is this picture of arrogance. Uh, it's this picture of, I don't give a rip about anybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, so the contrast is the upright person is considering it's thoughtful in his ways and the direction he goes, but a wicked person just says, ah, I'll take care of it and just forges ahead and, and does whatever he wants to do without thought or consideration of anybody else. Uh, verse 30 of chapter 21 says, no wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel will prevail against the Lord. I just love that. Um, and it's true. Because it's this, like, God is so sovereign. And we we forget sometimes that even in apologetics, like I've been, I've been kind of re-upping this conversation in my mind and my heart about apologetics and uh, letting the gospel stand on its own, but not deterring from that conversation. And most debates that people get into when it comes to any uh, theological religious debate is the 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 debate tries to change the debater who's debating will try and change the conversation and say they all work together but it's keeping the gospel the gospel and talking about the gospel first or keeping it centered on one topic and don't let it bleed into other things because then it just it just deteriorates quickly um, and so I just love this idea and this thought like no wisdom no understanding no counsel will prevail against the Lord um, that just like even when I read it, I was like I literally just said Amen like because it's so true. Um, so I love that one. Chapter 22, verses 4. Uh, and then I also highlight chapter, verse 15 of chapter 22. Chapter 4 says this, Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. Who doesn't want wealth, honor, and life? So uh, it's a good hum time. Humility, the fear of the Lord, those things is what results in wealth, honor, and life. Uh, verse 15 of chapter 22 says, Foolishness is bound to the heart of a youth. A rod of discipline will separate it from him. I just love that picture. <laughs> It goes back to like spare the rod, spoil the child kind of thing. Uh, but it's this idea like foolishness is bound to the heart of a youth. Children, youth, young men, young women, like we're bound to be foolish. Uh, and and so it's it's one hand, it's already letting Solomon's like, hey, just so you know, this is bound to the heart of, the, of, of a youth. Be prepared for that. But the rod of discipline will separate it for him. Like it'll, it'll help bring correction and the strong rebuke and the things that are needed to not live according to foolishness, which I thought was uh, just really good. I love the contrast there. And here's the thing. Like when I was a teenager, I remember thinking like, boy, just, you know, no one recognizes that like I have good ideas and like, you know, like people just don't respect. And like now, like I'm 30 and I'm a grumpy old man. And you look at teenagers. You've been a like, grumpy old man since 25. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, but you just look at teenagers like, dude, what are you thinking? thinking. And here's the thing. 
teenagers listening right now, you're going to go through that same arc. Like, you, like you're, you're not, probably there right now. No one just, yeah, you're not as smart as you think you are. And that goes for me too, right? There's six, there's uh 40, 50 year olds who are looking at me and just being like, dude, what on earth is going on? Just the, the older you get, the more you live, the more you realize like, boy, you know, I wasn't exactly walking in wisdom earlier in my life. I, I also love the, I also love the word picture of a rod of discipline will separate the yes. fool from the foolishness of a heart from a youth. Dude, just, I love it. Just, Get that thing out of there. Well, yeah, because you go to separate things like there's a, anyways. Yeah. So I just, I really like the word picture. Um, it's like a crowbar. Occurred. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, and then we shift into the second half of chapter 22, uh, starting in verse 17, all the way to chapter 24, verse 34. Um, and this is where it kind of takes out of that, like, here's a statement or a golden nugget. Uh, and it draws it back into kind of thoughts, um, where I would say the first is like a snapshot sentence, um, snapshot, snapshot sentence. Um, yeah, you know. and then, but then we shift into this, in this next section, and this is the start of like Solomon's 30 sayings, uh, where it is like a, um, it kind of, he almost ends how he starts where he has more of a paragraph driven thought, uh, a sentence or two here. So it's not just like a one liner. Uh, and so that like, you'll see the, the section, at least in my Bible is titled like the, the words of, of the wise. Um, and this is the start of what Solomon would call 30 sayings. Uh, and so there's a few, I'll kind of break some of these down. I'll highlight a few of them because, I again, same thing, but it is fun to, to read and a little bit more paragraph-driven things. Uh, so starting in 22, verse 17 to 21, um, this this section specifically contains uh, three motivations, which I thought was interesting to for gaining wisdom. There's two practical, one theological, and they are to be pleasing. The motivations for wisdom are to be pleasing, to have confidence in the Lord, and then to be de- dependable when commissioned. So you'll see that in this first section of Solomon's sayings. Uh, And this is what it says. It says, listen closely, pay attention to the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge for it is pleasing if you keep them within you. And if you are, if they are constantly on your lips, I have instructed you today, even you so that your confidence may be in the Lord. Haven't I written for you 30 sayings about counsel and knowledge in order to teach you true and reliable words so that you may be a dependable report to those who sent you. Um, So you see, that's kind of Solomon starts off like, the third, the end of his Proverbs, I guess, if you will. Uh, and so another one that I, I thought was was really good to read was Proverbs 23, 1 through 3. It says, when you sit down to dine with the ruler, consider carefully what is before you. Put a knife and put a knife to your throat if you have a big appetite. Don't desire his choice food or food or for the, that food is deceptive. Uh, and it's kind of a weird picture that Solomon is referring to here. So, but culturally, in essence, the idea is like if you're dining with the king, uh, you're not to want or, or desire or even look at his food like you want that more. Uh, and you're also not supposed to overeat because sometimes overindulgence is is an offense. Um, and so it's if you can't control your appetite, that's what he's saying by put a, a knife to your throat and abstain from eating altogether. Um, and so that's just the picture uh, there. So that's why I put it in there because it's 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 kind of this weird thing, like put a knife to your throat if you have a big appetite. I'm confused. Um, but that's kind of the, the the thing that's going on, the reality of what's going on when Solomon's talking about this. Um, in essence, the goal is to honor the king that you're sitting with, not insult um, the king by overindulging or coveting his food. Uh, chapter 24, verses 1 through 2 say this. Uh, and again, this is the last chapter of Proverbs that Solomon has written. Uh, but it says, do not... Or don't envy the evil or desire to be with them, for their hearts plan violence and their words stir up trouble. Um, and I, it goes back to what Eve, Evan, as you were talking, even the idea of like coveting 
the e- coveting evildoers. You refer to the psalm as well. Uh, but the idea of like, don't don't envy the evil or desire to be with them. Like there, we look at evil sometimes. We look at those who are not following Christ and we wonder, man, they're, they're more wealthy. They're more well off. They're more this, that, or this. Uh, and Solomon's saying, don't envy them. Don't desire to be with them. Uh, because at the end of the day, their hearts play in violence. Their hearts are not in alignment with Jesus. Uh, and they'll live for them themselves. And they will then in turn stir up trouble because they're living selfishly. And so uh, that's the contrast Solomon's given in chapter 24. And then finally, chapter 24, verses 17 to 20 say this, Don't gloat when your enemy falls and don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see, be, be displeased and turn his wrath away from him. Don't be agitated by evildoers and don't envy the wicked for the evil have no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Um, and I think two things as I was reading this, and I remember thinking two things as I was reading this. One we could take that advice all day long, oh every gosh. day of our lives. Don't glow when your enemy falls and don't let your heart, heart rejoice when he stumbles. Um, and dare I draw this back into COVID and dare I draw this back into the, the most recent political uh, uh, presidential election, how easy was it to celebrate the the opposing individual and the failures or the uh, the the faults of the individual. Even today, the whole memes about a Biden falling upstairs, like don't celebrate, <laughs> don't rejoice when he stumbles. That's funny. I didn't plan that. But ah. um, but the, the whole idea, like the Lord will see, be displeased, turn his wrath away from him um, because the Lord is merciful. The Lord is just, but he's merciful. Uh, and the goal of, as a follower of Jesus is not to find joy in the failure, the punishment, or the... Um, the consequences of the ev- of those who are against us. And so I think when I read this, I was like, oh man, I should always remember this because I don't ever want to be caught in a situation where I'm letting uh, joy be coming from those who I don't like or I don't think like me. Yeah, it's an, it's an incredibly obnoxious thing for a Christian to say, ah, they got what was coming to them. Uh, meanwhile, just fully accepting the grace of God and thinking that, so you, that you don't that you don't get what's you coming what to you. you oh, dude, it's so like, and the the more and more, and I'm not like I'm not a paragon of virtue or anything like that. Well, but like, second time you use that word, I know it's, it's just in my head. Apparently, is that the today. word of the week? Toilet paper. It's my, it's on my, it was on my calendar this morning. Uh, no, I just think like it's it's been striking me lately, um, and a part of it, I just did a, a message on forgiveness, and so that kind of like it's been it's yeah. been in my head. Um, but just the whole idea of like that is what's happening there, right? Like when we look out at someone who's just messed up and uh, life is falling apart or whatever it is, and we just think, ah, they got what was coming to them, and like it, we just say that with no irony, knowing full well that like, hey, like what we have coming to us is death and hell. And we get out of it because of what Christ did. And why do we feel like we have the, like that we have the moral standing to mock or we have the moral standing to, uh, to rejoice when judgment comes for others. And meanwhile, rejoice when, uh, we are saved by God's mercy. I don't know. It's, it's not a good luck for us. No, not at all. So, and I think, again, at the end of the day, I think there's, there's a recognition of mercy, um, in, in God, when he, when when we read the lines um, that he'll turn his wrath away when he sees how we respond, which that, that in and of itself is convicting. But mm-hmm. um, followers of Christ, we're supposed to live differently and represent differently. So I think that's important. Uh, and then don't be agitated by evildoers and don't envy the wicked. Again, it's that idea of of comparison. I can't believe they're getting what they're they're doing so much better. And at the end of the day, they have no future. They're, the lamp of the wicked will be put out. So at the end of the day, they they will not. 
they will not inherit eternal life. They will not inherit the kingdom. Um, and so we don't live for this side of eternity. We live for our eternal home. So I just think that's really important. Uh, I thought that was a really that was was a really good uh, part of the Psalms twenty four. So, uh, but that wraps up Psalms t- or not Psalms Proverbs. My goodness, oh, yeah. Proverbs twenty four. Um, but that wraps up Psalm. It's funny. I didn't even Proverbs. catch I just did it again. I didn't even catch that you made the mistake there. So yeah, Psalms. They will start with P. Proverbs. Yep. All right. Well, before we wrap up today, we did want to talk a little bit about what we learned today. Okay. This might be the most difficult <laughs> one to do. Uh, like, cause it's, there's so many, like, there's like, yeah. it's like a fire hose of practical applications. Uh, and we, and we, in fairness, we started this section kind of just as an idea of when we get to the sections where it's a little bit hard to apply, like how can we dig in and how can we make sure that every part of the Bible, we can apply it to our lives today. Uh, this one might not be as necessary because I think as you read this, uh, dear listener, if you are at all honest with yourself, things will pop out to you. Yes, <laughs> like things, 100%. things will pop out like, okay, I could do a better job of that. Um, and so for me, like the things that kind of stood out were Solomon's focus on humility and then genuine relationship with the Lord were kind of the two. When I was highlighting my psalm, or my, my psalms, I did it too. Uh, when I was highlighting my, my <laughs> Proverbs, um, just the focus on like, it, it would, it's so easy for me to slip into pride. It really is. And so like constantly fighting and constantly making sure that, okay, am I walking in humility and not just false humility? Like, am I walking in genuine humility before the Lord and then genuine relationship, right? Like, am I going through the motions of just, you know, the things that we do at church or uh, just nighttime prayers and like, uh, yeah, I say the words and I'm kind of done. Or is it is it being done with genuine heart towards God? Is it being done... Um, not just because it's kind of the things that I should do, but because it's what I want to do because I want to build a relationship with God. I think that's a very practical thing to be able to take into my life. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're right. There's, I mean, I, I could hit every single proverb I read and talk about an application point of it, but I, I do think it's, it's pretty challenging to consider um, proverbs and Solomon's statements towards um towards us as humans, like, and, and he's not, I mean, he's writing statements, but again, like, it's so easy to know the right thing to do, but it's living according to it, I think is the challenging thought. And so, um, even the picture of like youth, like I may not be young in age, according to a lot of people like you, Evan, but, um, my soul is younger than yours. Okay. No, according to that pastor at Um, conference, you were young. I know. Let's go. Um, but I think it's really, it's really challenging to, to stop and consider, where am I, where am I lacking wisdom? Where am I lacking uh, discipline? And where, I mean, I heard someone say this weekend at a conference I was at um, that the picture of discipline was not like a gift that we're given, um, but it's a it's a response that we give to God's desire that he gives us, uh, God's desire that he puts in us. Uh, and so it is this picture of like, how am I living disciplined? Because that should be rooted and wisdom, which then honors God and how I live. And so uh, Solomon was very, very clear about some very practical things. Um, but in my own humanity, am I taking what he's saying and trying to apply it to my life? And I think the easiest one for me, if I'm being 100% honest, is the whole idea of listening uh, to not to respond. And how many times have we said it um, in different things and different quotes and things like that. But this idea of, of being able to respond before answering. Uh, being able to understand, sorry, before answering, where it's quick to to give an answer, 
without understanding. And so I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, where am I, where am I seeing a shortfall in me? And where is the Holy Spirit showing a shortfall in me? Um, Solomon's big on integrity. He's big on wisdom. He's big on, big on living uh, wise, shrewd lives, not foolish lives. Um, but I think for me, as I was reading through it, it's that challenge of where am I, where am I not uh, living slow enough to be able to evaluate how I'm doing? And am I living with wisdom? Um, and, and am I willing to, to be honest about it and, and adjust how I live entirely? So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's Proverbs is one of those things. I think application's easy for you to read. Um, and, and it is a, probably, this is probably one of the harder applications <laughs> to come up with. So there you be. Well, this does wrap it up for this week's episode. We didn't get a question this it's week. A lightning. So it was a lightning episode. True. Yeah. This flash in a pan. This might be the shortest one we've done in a long time, but uh, we didn't get a question this week. So remember, if you have any questions that you want us to answer or take a look at, uh, you can send them into info at grove.church or direct message us on our social media pages. Uh, that is the Grove CH for both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but with that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening. We are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only resource of the Grove Church. You can find all of our other resources on our website, grove.church. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to financially contribute to the ministry that the Grove Church does, you can also do that on our website. There's a give button in the upper right-hand corner. And once again, thank you all so much for listening. Have a great week.